0: blog talk radio abc tonight
1: i'm the new bachelorette
0: toto casts her spell on 26 new men i look at you and i'm like wow i've just met the girl i'm gonna marry in a new fairy tale season i'm just
1: happy
0: but will dark forces he destroy her happy ending i
1: was in love with for my life with this why is this <laughs>
0: the Bachelorette season premiere tonight at a special time, 9, 8 central on BBC. Block
2: Talk Radio. You
3: have problems that night? I sure hope I didn't tell them. Holy smoke, what happened to you? Oh god, what happened to you? Oh boy, I'm gonna have to call them. I didn't of money in time. There you go, my ETP
1: payment.
4: <laughs> I kept saying work. Oh, I don't see it. Sometimes. Oh boy, I don't like
3: I don't know why it just didn't automatically take it from because I have it connected. Is it a business business? Yes, yeah, a
4: business. And is you working with a business personal checking?
3: Yeah, I have a business checking.
4: And you wanted to take it from where?
3: Business savings.
4: Oh, uh, and they don't have they don't have it set up then. It's not set up. You need to go back in. They don't have it set up. Because you shouldn't you shouldn't be getting draft fees. If it's got the so the uh way the the transfer is set up, you shouldn't receive overdraft draft fees. I'm supposed to be charging you twelve dollars and fifty cents.
1: Doing it, but you can do it yourself over the phone, and it's absolutely free. Yeah, they did. This- This
2: is the Soul of America Radio.
5: Thank you for listening to J.R.L. Thicker, Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. We feature every Monday night a show solely devoted to people that are going through abuse. Some type of problem in your lives that you can't work out. We mainly focus on domestic violence. The cancer in our lives. Join J.R. Thicklin, your host, here every Monday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock p.m. Central, right here on the Souls of America Radio. You can contact Jay every Monday night at 323-784-9638. Or you can listen to him online. Just follow at soulofamericaradio.com and listen for, look for live streams. And that way you can speak or listen, whichever your choice may be. Thank you for joining us tonight. You're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin, on the Soul of America Radio.
2: If you're listening via Internet and you want to speak to the host, Please dial 323 784 9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host. This is the soul of America Radio.
5: Here's your host, J.R. Thickland.
3: Welcome back to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us here tonight on the Soul of America Radio Network. And for those of you that are listening for the very first time, you can find us here every Monday night, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 o'clock Central, 7 o'clock in the Mountain Time Zone, 6 o'clock in the Pacific, and wherever you may be around the globe. We're always so glad to come to you each and every Monday night with our show, Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This show is designed with you in mind as we address the issues of domestic and sexual violence, as we address abandonment, uh, guilt, we, uh, we address shame, we address uh, desertion, we address all of those things that have made us hurt uh, through pain and the journey to find ourselves in a place of healing. I'm so glad that you've joined us tonight. For those of you that are joining us by way of the internet, that's www.soulofamerica.radio.com. www.soulofamerica.radio.com Immediately, once you get there, go to the uh, Hope and Healing tab and you can find us. Hit live show and you get us live. Both so of you there to join us by way of telephone that's area code 323 784 9638. There we go. 323-784-9638. Three, three, that is how you reach us. And for all of our friends that are following us on social media pages, uh, there are several there. And Facebook, uh, definitely Domestic Balance. It is your business. It's an open group page on Domestic Balance. And then we have the page that I call the antithesis of that, and that is the Destiny by Choice 2. Uh, Fellowship page and that page there is so devoted to inspiration uplifting you know, encouragement, testimonies and songs and so many great things that you can find right there on that page and of course you can find other pages there which you can find us on J.R. Ficklin uh, uh, Domestic uh, J.R. Ficklin page as well as you can find Sana Selma uh, Lesson Learned page. All of those pages reflect us and I want you to also check out while you're out there a page of of a Uh, Definitely a page of our dear friend, uh, Indy Harlem. Uh, That's right, that's Harlem World, uh, Palm Beach. You can find us there as well. And what a great opportunity just to be a part of something great uh, that can bring a lot of healing, a lot of wholeness inside of everything. Now, we've had a few technical difficulties over the last couple of weeks, and we've been trying to get our special guest that's on with us tonight on for the last three weeks there. And I do trust that she's on tonight. Tonight we have a very special guest. Uh, for this very special topic tonight, surviving sexual assault, give me on the guilt, shame, and the blame. And this is our special guest tonight is none other than Sharon Doherty, uh, Domenico, who happened to be the sexual assault outreach coordinator for the victim services of Palm Beach County. Now, Sharon brings to us not only years of experience inside of dealing with this, you'll hear her passion and her voice, but she also brings to you the story of a of a survivor. So I want you tonight Tell a friend, tell a neighbor that Hope and Healing Journey to Hold Us is on the air, and we want to get them on tonight because the fact there is so much to be shared tonight. And as we get ready to bring on our guests tonight, I want each and every one of you, listen, gather around. It may be someone that can use the information that you're about to hear, and I think it's very important that we do so inside of this. So tonight, I want us to give a big Soul of America and Hope and Healing Journey to Hold Us welcome to... Sharon doherty <laughs> Sharon, welcome Thank tonight you. to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. Are you with
6: us? I am, and I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you, Reverend.
3: I'm so glad to have you on the show. You've been so patient through our technical difficulties. <laughs> uh, actually, people was in the show, but it wasn't a live show, and we couldn't get you on. But listen, I'm glad that you're on tonight, and there are those that are also on as well. And i um, I'm glad you're on for a number of reasons, Sharon, because the fact you have such a powerful job in the sense of the fact of being the outreach coordinator there uh, uh, for victim services of Palm Beach County. And for those of you that are listening around the world, when we talk about Palm Beach County, you have to remember that Palm Beach County is still the fifth largest county uh, on this side of the Mississippi. And we serve a very large population in a, Sharon, you have the opportunity as being on the sexual assault outreach coordinator, but you're a part of so many things there that really reaches out to victims and families and things that help people get beyond guilt, shame, and blame. And I just want you to take the time to tell the people a little bit about yourself uh, tonight because I, I have found it a, a joy to know you and, and the work that you do and the passion that you share for it.
6: Well thank you, Reverend Thicklin. I am brought into this field and you know, because of my own personal history, as you know, I am a survivor of sexual assault from my father. So that's called incest. And we do deal with all types of sexual assault within Palm Beach County Victim Services and Certified Rape Crisis Center. And what brought me into the field was that that I am a survivor, but I stay in the field because it's of- Working with people like you, with the awesome staff at Palm Beach County uh, Victim Services. And we do have an awesome boss, a shout out to Nicole Bishop, because she is Absolutely. truly a visionary and a leader. So I could start, too, uh, maybe to tell everyone a little bit about our services. And as we go forward, I'll weave my own story in so it all just kind of blends together, if that's all right.
3: I think that's a great way to approach this because, you know, even inside of this subject matter tonight, Sharon, there are people that uh, they actually dismiss the fact of the possibilities of sexual assault, or there are many that uh, only have an image of what they see on television. Many don't understand how Mm -hmm. uh, prevalent... uh, the uh sexual assault is. And as you've already, you know, stated, you know, there are different types of sexual assault that happen in uh in, in so many ways that, you know, when we talk about sexual assault in our society, it often is talked about with victim blaming and shaming on the person who's been mm-hmm. assaulted. So I I'd definitely would like for you to just you know, take your time and just, you know, uh share with the audience tonight. Well thank you. And
6: there's much to talk about. You're right. So let me just start with the premise that is the basis for our campaign. We're part of an international campaign called Start by Believing, and that is a program of the End Violence Against Women International. The words itself, they just say, start by believing. And that's one of the biggest pushbacks that a survivor has when they start telling because You know, it's really hard to advocate for yourself when you're the victim, so you don't know that if somebody shuts you down and says, well, what were you doing out drinking with him, or did you enjoy it, or, you know, you were with him before, so how could it be rape? People don't know to say, look, you don't believe me? I'm going to find someone that does, and I'm going to keep and telling until I get to the right person. No, it can take that one first responder – that one first person to shut somebody down. So that's why it's so important to be the one who does start from believing. And should something like that have happened to you or anyone you know, please let them know that if they get shut down, don't stop. Don't stop until you get what you need. And what that is, is the protection, is the uh, being taken care of the way that our Sexual Assault Response Team can do. I'd like to talk for a minute about the Sexual Assault Response Team, which is called SART. Is that all right to go Absolutely. there?
3: Absolutely. I didn't you to
6: mention anything, give you time to step in. So the Sexual Absolutely. Assault I, I, Response Team. I love where team, you're going
3: inside of it. I think that I, I would like to comment on that. I, I think one of the most brilliant things I've heard is the campaign Start by Believing. To me... Yeah. that that there makes you stop in your tracks and say, before I undermine or not believe or begin to scrutinize this person who is coming to share, we need to start by believing and stop automatically just saying, well, how could that have happened? You must have liked it. What did you do uh, to bring that on? Are you sure that you did not? You know, I think that, you know, when a victim of any type of tragedy that it's being suffered when they are believed it makes it that much easier for them to come forward. And so I love the start. Absolutely. By belief, uh, uh, yeah.
6: Campaign. They're already, yes. And they're already struggling with all these other reactions and feelings and issues about the whole tragedy that has happened because what if they knew the person, what if this person was someone they knew and trusted, what if the person is looked up to and loved by other people and they're thinking, Am I even going to be believed or will people look at me like I'm just trying to start trouble for some reason or I'm jealous of something? Who knows what things people come up with. But they're already struggling with how they're feeling and how bad, you know, their situation is, then to get shut down or not believed. Now, another point to make is that the highest percentage of rapes are by people that you know, so it's Absolutely. not the stranger jumping out of the dark corner around the building. It is by regretfully someone that people know, and that's a really that's a shock to some people because they may have known someone ten years, and something like that can happen. And that <laughs> so is one. Of the I, I'm, I'm, oh no, go ahead.
3: I, was, I, I think that is one of the toughest things for a. A person who has been a victim of sexual assault is the fact of not only not being believed, but even more so when it happens with someone that is trusted, someone that you know, someone that you you know, someone that you may have interaction with on a normal basis. But you know, simply uh, to actually be dominated by this type of power control is uh, it's got to be very heart wrenching, and uh, and that comes right. to the burden itself, and it oftentimes contributes to people. Not sharing the fact that they have been, a, a, you know, a victim of a sexual assault.
6: Right, and on top of that, like you, we talked about, someone they know. Let's talk about when it's someone that's well-respected, as in a power, uh, you know, in an authority figure. It's it's really difficult because then they're thinking, well, I'm going to take this person's career down. But also remember that this person who's raping has probably raped before and has it set up. They know to have possibly threatened the victim to say, if you tell, I'm gonna, you know, possibly kill someone you know or kill them or just even make them lose their job or the many ways that the abuser or rapist continues to haunt them afterwards and you know keep them silent. I know for me, this is where I'll pull in some of my story, the way that my father kept me silent for so long is he would say, now if you tell, you know, your mom and your kids are going to get thrown out on the street, you will have nowhere to live or you'll be hungry and have, you know, no no shelter and then they're going to throw me in jail, you know, he was speaking this him. He said they'll throw me in jail and then I'll get raped. Do you want that on your conscience? Do you want that to happen to your dad? So, and then he'd also say no one will believe you. You know, it's you against me. So you know, it. You especially when you grow up with that too, and you get groomed and you, you get seduced and you fall in and you don't know your way out, and you think no one's going to believe you, and then you keep it quiet for long enough you start to feel like you're part of it because you kept the secret, then you're gonna you think, What are they gonna think when I do tell? Them? They're gonna say, Why didn't you tell me five years ago? You know? So you have all kinds of thoughts when you're especially when you're a child, but even as an adult where it's always hard to tell. Just it's such an intimate violation that, you know, sexual behavior is is personal anyway. And then to have to just let the world know your business is just a hard thing for people to do.
3: You know, that's a very good point there, Sharon, because uh, many times even well-meaning people will find themselves blaming victims or not believing victims because a victim did not come forth right away or a victim did not Mm -hmm. say anything for years. And you just kind of gave some of the reasons why, you know, when they feel powerless against that individual when they've been threatened. When they've been told what will happen to them if they tell anyone, or even greater when they exert power and control, and especially when they have status over you, and they say things like, yep. "Well, who's going to believe you anyway?" and they use the reverse thing right. of trying to, uh, uh, you know, make you feel even worse mm-hmm. about yourself. And for many victims, that's the reason why they don't come forth, or they don't come forth for a long time. And then we compound it that when they do come forth. People started
6: saying, well, if it was true,
3: why didn't they come forth earlier? So I don't believe them. So it's almost like a catch-22 inside of this.
6: It is. It's a real – it's a mess. It's a lot of confusion. And some of the other symptoms I like to spend a little bit of time talking about are flashbacks and triggers, things like the person might see someone that looks like they're rapist or they might smell a smell. They might um, have nightmares. There's all kinds of reactions. And sometimes they even, like if it happened as a child. they can even push it so far back into denial that they just regress that memory to where they don't even remember until maybe later on. Sometimes it takes having a child of your own, and then you get triggered into remembering your own abuse. And there's a lot of other feelings that happen with that, whether it's incest, adult rape, any of that. Uh, people find, survivors find themselves feeling angry. In fact, angry isn't even the word. It's like a rage that when it it comes out, you think it's going to just blow down buildings. That's how big the rage is. And then sometimes feeling emotionally numb, just shut down, not able to feel not able to fully love or be loved because you just can't trust someone or you think if they found out I'm just dirty, damaged goods, they're not going to want me, and things like that. It really does affect you, whether you're a man or a woman, and that's another thing I'd like to point out. I'm speaking about, you know, she is the survivor and he is the rapist, but it's not just that, of course. We know that one in six men have been sexually abused sometime in their life, and women, one in five. So it's running pretty close there that, you know, men as well as women are being sexually abused in, in life.
3: You know, but, but let's take a moment right there, Sharon, because the fact that most people would find that very hard to believe. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's safe to say, general consensus, uh, if you look at society, you don't hear that much about men being sexually assaulted. And uh, and we all uh, society paints this picture as if this is something that never happened. But yet still research says something totally different in terms of this. And so how do how do we reverse it? How do we break that cycle for even men that are victims? And yet still they are they are shamed, they are you know they, they are petrified in the sense of people finding out for, yeah. for them in many cases, they feel like, it is the defining of their identity and who they are. Mm-hmm. And, and how do we just get beyond that? Because I think that is a very important, very important uh, conversation.
6: It is. And that's the beginning of change is changing the language and, and creating the conversations. That's how the social movements all start. And, of course, it's way beyond social movement now. And I would like to mention the website an organization. It's called one in org, And as we said, those are the statistics for men. And this is a male survivor organization. And there's also a group called male org. So you can, anybody listening can look that up for themselves or, you know, send it to someone they love that might have those issues going on. But as you mentioned, Reverend about their identity, like let's say a woman abused, a boy. You know, the the culture we're in was for years and still does. They pat the the boy on the back and say, "You're you're a man now. Way to go. Way to score." You know, it's like the um, oh, what was that movie? Oh, I can't think of it. You know, when she was older and she seduced Mrs. Robinson, right? Isn't that right a, in the movie, she seduced the boy. I mean, it even is in our movies. And, of course, you know, I can't even get into how social media and other media sexualizes our not just our kids but women and rape and all of the rape culture. But as far as men, you're right. Uh, they, I believe, have even a harder time because they're supposed to identify with being the aggressor sexually. So nothing can be done to them that makes them weak or a victim. There's no such thing as a man being a victim in their minds which we know is not true, but we have to let people know that's not true and that it is okay to have all those confused feelings. And how about if a man or a boy that is heterosexual gets abused by a man? What – imagine what is going through their mind.
3: He's questioning I, his own I, sexual identity. He's going through the yeah. whole thing of, you know, do I, do, I, do I like men now or what's going on with me? You know, because the this happened. Yeah. And it's it's quite it's quite surprising, I can imagine, because the fact once again, the uh, the power, the control, the manipulation, fear and all those yeah. things are going.
6: And also, um, I heard a little static. Can you hear me okay?
3: Yes, I can hear you. Uh-huh.
6: Okay, good. Because I wanna also say often when it's not a uh, violent rape, there is seduction, where they lead and groom the boy into the relationship, or the young girl, but since we're focusing on the men right now, they'll lead them in to a relationship where they're participating as confused and scared as they might be, therefore they think they're a part of it as if they made a choice when they never had a chance.
7: And then they end up
6: feeling good and then they're really confused and it takes years to unravel that
8: twist
6: that is put into their minds, and they have to actually unravel the twist about their own sexuality. And that is one of the hardest things to do because that's you know, a very deep, deep thing there to take a look at and figure out what happened to you, what do you really want, what, you know, how can you retrain yourself or untrain you know, things that you are conditioned to respond to.
3: You know, you you you, you know, and it's so uh, important that you bring that out because some people see the fact of even when we talk about rape or incest or any of those things like that, they think of once the episode is over with, well, it's over with. But the reality is that it's not over with just because the episode is over with. In many ways, uh, you're dealing with even more the baggage of this. Uh, you know. Uh, oh yeah. What, what you know, the baggage of it, uh, the pain that goes along with it, and oftentimes the shame that the victims uh, endure as a result of this. You know, who can they talk to? Who can, really, who really believes them? Who is you know, who is really genuinely not passing judgment and saying, "Well, hey, it's their fault," right? Because I think that is right. a great part inside of a you know, responding to this. And I think that there is so much room uh, at the table for people to get involved because sexual assault is real, and um. Uh, it's real, and we have a society that oftentimes uh, glorify and really objectify this whole thing when it comes to sex, and, and in many ways, it feeds this fault to those would-be perpetrators as if the person asked for it, as if, well, if they hadn't addressed this mm-hmm. way, this would have happened, or, hey, they knew what I wanted from the beginning, or why did they get in a mm-hmm. car with me if they did not you know, want this to happen? And so I think it's important to address that because, the fact, we, we find it happening so many times. And our society are, is really at a very interesting crossroad right about now. Mm-hmm. And if we can come to this part later, we're having all kinds of discussion today in different states about things like bathrooms and same-sex bathroom, or right. gender bathroom. And it's interesting. There are very interesting arguments on both sides. And yet it's still with on one side, the argument seemed to be, well, you're discriminating against this individual, but yet it's still the other argument is the fact, look, we think it put people in danger. You know, women could be in a bathroom with a person who's only pretending to be either transgender, only pretending to be uh, uh you know uh, uh, pretended to be lesbian or whatever, and that person actually sexual assaults them. so it's really it's really one of those interesting delicate situations and I would love to know your take on it because in many ways I'm like that, which way do you go? And one sense people say no i I'd rather for them to be safe because of the fact they know that who's in the bathroom with them is that woman or in the case of a man, they know that that's a man they're not someone who's only perpetrated in order to try to get an advantage. So, I mean, how would you address that? Because I find it to be very challenging and
6: very difficult. I understand that, too. And I think that it's been happening anyway, and people are all up in arms. And people have, you know, transgender people have been going into their bathroom of choice, not being identified or called out on it, and there's never been a problem. So now I understand them wanting to be accepted and, Have it open and not be uh, Ostracized Or definitely not Kicked out of the bathroom of their choice So I can Only say that this is Going to come to pass It is because they have their rights And rightfully so But you're right the people that are afraid Of someone a pervert Or a rapist Coming into the bathroom That's going to happen anyway I'm telling you, I had a guy chase me out of a bathroom. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't a transgender. He was a rapist in the stall waiting for me, and I managed to run out and get away from him at a campsite up in Canada. Oh, my gosh. So believe me, if they want to get you, they're going to get you. And I really don't think bathrooms are their site of of choice because it's a public place. It's not. It's not even a good setting. And so if you're going into a bathroom alone and it feels scary, have somebody go with you if that's what it takes for a while just to make this transition smoother.
1: Well, that's
3: very important to look so, at because you bring up a very important point. You know, definitely, it would seem like a public restroom would be the place that a person is willing to do this type of crime. And yet still we, we see it happening. And uh, we're dealing with the fact that, once again, that is probably the lower the lower concern as compared to the amount of uh, sexual assault that happened from the hands of someone that the victim actually knows, in many cases family members and and, uh, and those that people look up to. And uh, and I, I want to take a break here in about two minutes, but I want to go back to that part there because of the fact uh, in many different codes and many different cultures that there is what we call this unwritten, uh, unspoken Code of silence that is there that everyone is right. that here too, you know. Uh, for uh, for people of color, what goes on in this house stays in this house. Mm-hmm. I know we've Biggest uh, uh credit for that,
1: Yeah.
3: But that has been one of the uh, unwritten codes that have gone far and deep, especially within the African American culture. And yet, and still, we have these type things that have been used and. They have been used as a scare tactics with victims for many, many years. Think about Mm -hmm. little things that they say to children like, this is our secret. This is just our secret. In the mind of a very innocent young person, they really think that they're protecting. They're holding a secret that no one else should know, and what they don't understand is they're being manipulated to be taken advantage of. And I think that is something that we that, that that definitely is worth addressing.
6: Absolutely, yes. And so I just want to make sure that people know a little bit about, uh, well, a lot about Palm County Victim Services and Certified Rape Crisis Center, and know that they we provide 24/7 crisis response. If someone calls in and they are raped, we will take them or meet them at the Butterfly House, and that's where the rape exams are held. And that is their choice. They can choose to have an exam or not. They can choose to cooperate with police or not. And whether they want to report it to the police or not, it is always free of charge. So, so are all of our services, which include the victim advocate. We provide a SANE nurse, which is a specially trained nurse. A sexual assault nurse examiner, and then of course we refer to therapy, and we have the best, best therapist. Randy Cogan is amazing, and her team of certified therapists. And uh, then we have follow-up medical care. You know, our uh, coordinator checks in and makes sure all the medications and appointments are kept. So, like I said, we really want people to reach out to us, and we are available 24-7. So I want to give the hotline number right now. So people, if you're listening, please get a pen, and I will repeat this number later in the show. Our hotline for sexual assault and violent crime hotline is 561-833-7273. And just as another piece to this is, I'm talking about sexual assault tonight, but that's, look at our name. It is Victim Services. We serve all innocent victims of violent crime. And it is, I'm going to read our mission statement real fast, but I know you got to take a break. But it is, with compassion and respect, we assist victims of sexual assault, domestic violence, homicide, and other violent crimes through crisis response, advocacy, therapy, and community awareness. And that is what I am here doing tonight, thanks to you, Reverend Thickman, is bringing some awareness to our services for the community. Thank you.
3: Well, Sharon, it it is definitely uh, uh, my honor and I think my duty uh, (laughs) that people know about services uh, such as uh, Palm Beach County Victim Services. It's so important because, you know, Mm -hmm. when people fail, the general public fail to realize is that beyond the headline, you know, when it's no longer Mm in the headline, when when the incident is or whatever, people are still in need of service all the time, traumatized. They're dealing with different things. And so it's important to know that uh, victim services is there. The rate, the Certified Rate Crisis Center is there. And these are some of the most vulnerable times in a person's life when they have been violated in terms of this and, you know, and dealing with, uh, you know, oftentimes the guilt, the shame, uh, blaming themselves. Uh, you know, what did mm-hmm. I do? You know, goodness, goodness what happened, what dealt. and they go through these things. And this is why the services are so important. It is to walk the way. Right. It. It and there there there's a lot more to mm-hmm. yeah, it, it. It's to be there beyond the headlines and all those things, but to be there to really walk with them and to get them to a place to get on the journey uh, of the road to the journey to healing and to become self, yeah. uh, self-sustaining and self-sufficient. And I think that. That can only happen with resources, with people on that Mm -hmm. team, trained uh, professionals in this case here because, in fact, you talk about the wonderful services there with the different therapists and different ones that you have at victim services. I think that that is so important because victims are left to to, 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 to suffer in silence too often. You know, uh, many won't come forth because of what they're afraid of will happen. Many won't come up come fine. forth because of the fact or uh, perhaps the individual who has committed the assault may have a fine reputation other than this in the community. And so all of these things oh, are yeah. very serious in terms of so much. Right. And so uh so the big holds back for a while and they don't say anything and uh and they and they keep going on and they keep going on and, and when and sometimes it just takes that one person, maybe, because what we do know, you gave some research statistics to it. That in most cases, if that person have sexually committed sexual assault before, uh, this time he has, uh, she has, he or she has committed it in times past. So it's oftentimes when a victim hears about this individual assaulting someone else, and I want to come mm-hmm. back to that when we come from this break, because I want to go somewhere because of the fact we we had a lot of backlash year when it came to our celebrity. We know him as uh, Heathcliff Hustable, but his name is Bill Cosby. Right. So people have a right. hard time, in, uh, you know, and trying to separate uh, Heathcliff Hustable from <laughs> Bill Cosby. But we want to come back to that right after this break here today. Stay with the Sharon, if you can, for just a few minutes. I won't. Uh, we got plenty of callers there, and I want to give you callers the uh, opportunity to ask questions or. Uh, I'll make a comment there. Erico, 323 That's Erico, 323 If you have a question or comment, simply hit number one on your keypad, and we'll get you right on right after this commercial break. you listen to Hope for Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. I'm your host, J.R. Ficklin, and I will be right back with you right after this commercial break. I'm so glad that you've joined us tonight. We'll be right back after this commercial break.
5: Internet, you're probably seeing a series of advertisements. Please click on those advertisements as they help us to continue to bring you the best in soulful talk radio. our choice to fellowship on facebook is a spiritual drama-free judgment-free fellowship forum for light minds to share in encouragement through testimonies scriptures music prayer worship and fellowship it is our desire to be an oasis of hope in the midst of the deserts and wilderness of life's most challenging experiences we welcome you for prayer requests as well as your testimonies As we collectively operate as thermostats changing life's experience through God's leading in His Word. Join us as we empower lives and shape destinies. That's Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship on Facebook through a search you can find us.
2: If you're listening via internet and you want to speak to the host... Please dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host. This is the Soul of America Radio.
6: I am MD Harlem 2, and I am fighting the power on the soul of America Radio.
3: Wide coast to coast talk radio. This is the soul of America radio. You're listening to SOAR.
5: And now back to Hope and Healing A Journey to Wholeness with your host, J.R. Thickland.
3: Welcome back to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us here tonight on the Soul of America Radio Network. And each and every Monday night, this is where you find us, right here on this great network, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 o'clock Central, 7 o'clock in the uh, Mountain, and 6 o'clock in the Pacific and wherever you may be around the globe Listen, before our break uh, time there, we've had a very special guest uh, with us tonight, none other than Mrs. uh, Sharon Daugherty Domenico, who happened to be not only a a, a great uh, outreach coordinator for sexual assault there with uh, uh, Palm Beach County Victim Services, but she's also a survivor. She's a wealth of information, and uh, she's shared so much with us tonight. And so if you're listening by way of telephone, that's area code 323-784-963. And you have a question and or a comment, just simply hit the number one on your keypad that lets our producer know that you going to get on the air, and we'll get you on the air with us tonight. If you're listening by way of the Internet, www.soulofamericaradio.com. go going right there to the tab of hope and healing, uh, and hit live, that's where you'll find us tonight. So I want to get back on. Uh, Sharon, you're there, and we have a caller caller the like out of the Orlando area. We're gonna get her on the air tonight and everything. And uh caller number in six six seven three, you're on the air tonight. Good evening.
7: Good evening.
6: Hi, welcome. Uh, how are you this evening?
7: Yes, good evening. Um uh, good to hear you, Reverend Sickling Gail Gardner on this end. And oh, Gail, um so glad to so have glad- on tonight. Yes, and I I got on late, and I said, oh, let me jump on right now, and I'm so much um, glad we're touching on this. You know, this is a subject that's dear to me, Um, and so if I can let your your guests know that I am a survivor of sexual abuse and sexual assault um, Mm -hmm. in the way of as a child and as an adult. And so mm-hmm. I have an organization that we work with, trying to um, to uh, as grassroots deal with those, even on the mental health uh, front here in Orlando, as well as uh, making a safe place for women and being a resource. But what I really well, wanted a pleasure to, to meet touch you. On <laughs> you. Thank you. You too. What I really wanted to touch on too, because I. I missed, but I'm trying to connect with everyone in the state of Florida and find Mm -hmm. out how you do it. You know, what is the thing? Because we have an organization here that Mm -hmm. um, is state certified, um, the um, Victim Service Center of Central Florida, but user friendly for people of color. I I don't find it that way. I'm sure they would argue me down. But um, I, I, yes, believe, I'm a firm believer. And connecting our people with people that they can relate to, and even hispanics and and uh Asian whoever that because people who that they relate to they're more easy to talk to. I'm a pastoral counselor, and
8: mm-hmm.
7: being able to to connect them rest of the day to finish with me and beginning to get comfortable with me. Connecting them to the professional help and the resources they need that are within their culture, basically, because we believe they understand. I'm very connected to the church as that same uh, way of of uh, being able to be to connect. So I'm saying all this to say um, that I'm always interested in how uh, to get our own organization. When I say our own, I mean what user friendly. And we don't um, we don't have to cross over the tracks to get there. That seems to be a problem with the other organization. And they don't mm-hmm. want to cater to the fact that we are a people that um, could use the help. But the other part of that says that we also don't report and don't have the numbers. So if the number's not there, they're not seeking to accommodate us um, when it comes mm-hmm. to getting funding for themselves. That, that I get. But I would love to have time to talk with you and to find well, out how if you do it for your you know your organization. I would say these are all
6: really valid points too i I'm trying to uh, try to remember them all and address them all That's I know one <laughs> o one overriding thought that comes to mind as I hear you is that you're saying there needs to be specialization and a special uh, awareness of each different group so that, you know, you're talking and relating in the right way and that each group is very different. And I do respect and understand that. I really do. I also know from my own experience, from my own heart and soul, that when I look into the eyes of another survivor, everything drops away. And there's sure. like a sisterhood, there's a brotherhood. You sure. know what I mean? When we meet, yes. there's yes. A, just the understanding. So with that yes. said, you know, I just wanted to lay that out there. But I do understand, To we got to go to where the people are and talk their language, talk their culture, yes. and really understand and respect. So I understand. Yes. But with that said, and, and I have to say...
7: Yes. Hmm? Go ahead. I'm sorry. We oh, no, okay. say sure that no one is turned away with us, you know, when coming in right. because there is the sisterhood there. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. one thing that I give to
6: our the success of our organization <clears throat> that we have what's called a SART, and that's a sexual assault response team. Oh,
1: response
6: team, yes. More, yeah, and it's more than just, then all, not just, but all the people that respond directly to the victim. So if anyone, the victim might call from the hotline staff to the victim advocate, the patrolman, the detective, the nurse that goes out, the same nurse, the therapist, and hopefully all the way to the state attorney's office and everybody in between. But there's another group that meets, and we are also SART, and we are the policymakers, the people that – make the protocols and decide, what are we missing? What can we do better? What are we doing wrong? How do we fix that gap? And let's all talk to each other in the same room at the same time. So we have yes. all the people I mentioned. We have got the chiefs of police. You've got the hospital administrators. You have everybody. And then other nonprofit groups are there, like Rescue Upstream and people dealing with human trafficking and Veterans Administration, and I mean everybody and anybody that's going to come in contact with a victim in their organization should be at that table. And you begin to say, what is your role? What do you do? Where do you – like you were just telling me that you refer out once you've, you know, gotten them to a point or in conjunction with your pastoral counseling. Yes. So – Where does that handoff happen? How does that referral happen? Is everybody clear? Does everybody know about each other's resources and so on? And so we meet once a month. We develop committees to address issues if it's bigger than what the big group can decide, and then we take it back and vet it through the big group, including our um, Palm Beach State – sorry, Palm Beach Sheriff's Office, the State Attorney's Office, so that it then gets passed out to – all the patrol, all the detectives, all of law enforcement, or all the hospitals, or whoever, you know, needs to know. So what I'm saying is, and this, you feel this applies, but as much as you might be a particular group, you or anyone, it's really important to work together because it's yes. a team, it's a force, yes. and it needs to be unified and seamless because basically the the perpetrators are organized, and they... Yes, they are. You know what I'm saying. They just... They talk to each other. The perpetrators are online. They're, you know... I wouldn't even go into the whole human trafficking pornography scene, but they are organized, and that's how organized yes. we have to be and better than them. So that's just even one little piece of uh, feedback I could give you when you say, yes. how do we... How do we do this? Because sometimes you can feel so isolated like you're a silo like you're, you're fighting this battle on your, your own but you're yeah. not but we're stronger if we join together.
7: Now I do, I am on the speakers bureau for that same particular organization here and I've taken the online um, training the Good. only thing that was missing was I did not do the um, the shadowing and I never could get a response for them for me to do it. So um, huh. I I kind of um, – I'm thinking some other things are going on, really. And I think because I have a nonprofit profit they're a nonprofit that it might be an issue for them. So I'm going to set that meeting up and have that conversation this week mm-hmm. to see where I am with that because I remember before uh, some things um, – were laid out, I really believe that I got, you know, more door open to get some things done. I don't want that to be a stumbling block. Mm-hmm. And definitely uh, working with, you know, sard and, and going to I guess we just did their gala um back here uh last month um and every, or every year um I participate in that. So I'm kind of looking forward to how can we work together but mm-hmm. once again we don't have the numbers and if I get people to the place where they can talk about their issues because you know time we didn't talk about them and I get right. who talk about them now because of the mm-hmm. rapport that I build with them but then when yeah, it comes to good. referring them yeah
6: mm-hmm. I
7: want that to work out too so I'm not sure, but I definitely yes, I believe in, you have to work with those that you know in some capacity um at, at some level, but I'm not always sure if that's the case that's coming from that other end you know <laughs> and 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 that that troubles me
6: well, I hear you, and i yeah, I know that uh for the certification for rate prices centers, they are. Required to have the sexual assault response teams in place, so right. they are looking. So I know Orlando. I'm trying to think of the name of their rape crisis center, but uh,
7: I There's know some their, Central Florida. Is there?
6: Oh okay. Uh, oh yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Good. So. Yeah. Well, one
3: of the things that is very crucial and critical, I think, that here in Palm Beach County, we we are learning to do this. It's the fact that it's also about relationship building. Uh, One of the things in order for any organizations or anyone that are dealing with inside of victimization or, or anything for our social services, we have to learn to, number one, we have to learn to value and respect others' expertise on whatever level it is. That goes a long way because, see, there is no trust if we do not know if we do not take the time to understand what you bring to the table. Number two, we have to understand that, you know, inside of reaching victims and being there, that some victims are going to be partial toward one group versus the other, maybe because they culturally identify with them, maybe because of the fact of just their approach. And Uh for no other reason, it is the reason why we have to learn to work together. You know, unfortunately, this little thing called funding has really Mm – uh, create a sense of divisiveness among many agencies to the point yes. that we will be territorial uh, with one another mm. versus working together with one another. Cause when we don't work together, the person that the the, the, the persons who lose or the person who ends up losing out is really the victims that we serve. And so, right. you know, That's I think right. you're right in, in having this conversation, there needs to be a conversation. Uh, you need to be acknowledged at, you know, as being a player at the table.
7: Yes, right.
6: That's the point. That's really good. Get your voice heard, and sometimes you have to, you know, ask if you. I I know you. You're probably um, like you're an advocate for others, but it's almost like having to advocate for yourself too to get yourself heard. You know.
7: Yes. And like I said,
6: never stop. Just never stop. Don't let it. You know. Don't let anybody make you quiet ever again
7: yeah certainly not
6: not the system, the very system we're trying to improve, and so you're bringing that. you know it's so important to have survivor representation at every table. That's why at our committee meetings, we always had a survivor at the table to give his or her view on things that you know, as we're trying to create trainings or a protocol or recommendations that are going out to police departments and so forth, we want to be sure the survivors have their say in everything. So
3: we've done that, haven't we, Reverend Ticklin? Yeah, exactly. We have. And it's been one of the interesting things that really brought me as part of the the SART team there is that understanding the fact of the underrepresented uh, faith community or African-American community and and being able to come aboard and being able to share and be a part of dialogue and being part of these things, uh, I really think Mm -hmm. that it has made a difference. And we continue to see it making a difference. And, but it's 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 those relationships that has to be built because we can only value one another when we respect one another mm-hmm.
6: right right and you're right every every group is different i mean I presented at um l g b t q community meeting i guess about a month and a half ago and it was it every everybody and every group has a has its own needs and feelings and yeah. culture and you do have to start where everybody's at. You can't go ten steps ahead and you can't come yes. in saying, We know all about you and what you need to do mm-hmm. You're right. It you needs to be very respectful and understand that sometimes you you don't have all the answers but you can learn together and I'm learn from sure. each other even. Yeah. Yes.
7: I- um our Focus i think basically um from from what I do is to to um take away the the um uh, stigmatism that goes mm-hmm. with abuse, shame, you know health all of those things to just out of the communities um and that's not, that's a, like a cultural change it's not it's not going to be done maybe in my lifetime you know changing the whole culture. But is being able to educate from the younger to the older ones,
6: mm-hmm. so
7: that they will begin to talk about it, so that we can uh, give them help and give them someone who they can relate to in order to get that help. From there on, then they they're on their own. You know, you know. We try to see all sides don't fit. You know, but we can we can work with that and see what what things they need if people are comfortable and open up to you.
6: Right. And you're Mm -hmm. right about
7: culture culture
6: change. You can feel it could take a lifetime and maybe it's not going to happen, but I think maybe it will because of the way, you know, we've got the Internet now. It's a worldwide conversation. So there are things that are happening now at lightning speed, even though sometimes I do still feel like we're, you know, back in the caveman days, I think, oh my gosh, we still had this issue 30 years ago. I can't believe I'm still hearing this, but yes. yet we've we've made major progress. I recall when nobody even knew what human trafficking was, and now That's right. uh, it's at the dinner table. It is on the news at six o'clock, so yes. everybody pretty much should know by now what human trafficking is. But um, yeah, one of the things. I wanted to get back to, or we didn't really get to yet, Reverend, if it's all right to talk about the fact that you cover domestic violence so much that the Mm -hmm. sexual assault component within the domestic violence Mm -hmm. uh, situations is huge. And a lot of times, and something we didn't mention, is that sometimes women may not even identify or really grasp that they are being raped within their own relationship because they don't know that that can happen or they don't, you know, they're getting, if they're getting beaten so hard, they're thinking of the rape as secondary. They're just worried about their lives at this point and how they're going to make it through, you know? So I wanted to really highlight that too at some point, if it's, you know, I guess I'm bringing it up now, but that, that is something to also look for when we were talking about all the things about how people that are sexually assaulted feel and what they do and how they act, another thing is they may not even name it, you know. and If the yeah, so I don't know if you want to talk a little about that too, and I didn't want to um, get too far away from our guest as well and what she wants. No, to no, I, I think I to...
3: you're perfectly all right. Uh, we have some other callers that are only the, on the line that wants to get on and have a question, and hopefully we'll be able to wrap it right back around there. Uh, Gail, it's so great having you on. Always great hearing from you. Uh, Stay tuned to us. We're still on. Uh, We're going to get to another caller here, our dear friend Mm -hmm. here, uh, Mr. Still. Uh, Good afternoon. You're on Hope and Healing, the journey to hold us. Thank you for being with us tonight. Mike, you're on. Hey, hey, how you doing, guys? I'm doing great.
4: That's great. That's great. I was just sitting back checking out the show, and, um, man, I just want to commend the ladies for just bringing the information forward. I, I really appreciate that. You know, um, just listening to the stories, man, that's a lot of courage from the ladies that's standing up and fighting against this thing called domestic violence. And I just want to give a shout-out to the ladies, Jay.
3: Thank
4: you. Absolutely. Thank you very Absolutely. Much.
3: Well, I tell you, Mike, uh, you you have some very passionate ladies that are on the on the line here. Uh, both Gail, who's out of Orlando, and our special guest, uh, you know, Sharon. Uh, Sharon is so passionate about this, and uh, she's like, a, she's the sexual assault outreach coordinator for Palm Beach County Victim Services. And the thing that has made it so incredible is that she's—I mean, she does a great job inside of that, but she's also a survivor, and so yes, her
4: ability, I was her ability
3: to relate. Is uh is incredible.
4: Yeah, yeah. I was I was listening to a story and and um and I heard her say that she was uh, uh, assaulted by her father. You know, and man, to me, a lot of courage and and a lot of um. What's the word I'm looking for? Now she she, you know, not uh, not holding all these resentments. She's able to talk about these things, and she's come to terms with them. She's dealt with them. She's dealing with them. And I just say, man, that's a powerful lady, you know. And it's a powerful lady. It's powerful for anyone to endure
6: domestic violence and get through it and also be able to help others. Mm. Thank you. And I've been really privileged, too, by me speaking out. A lot of other people come to me and talk to me as well, other professionals in the field. And so we have quite a strong group at Palm Beach County Victim Services of survivors that are on our speaker panel, and we have started a group called Survivor Action Team, and they participate in events. We have created a media training day, and Mm -hmm. we just are a really solid, strong group of, of people that reach out and use our experiences to continue to reach out to the rest of the world and hope that we can move people in the right direction towards healing. And it's by example. It's by having these very frank conversations that you know opens things up and people come forward or they think about it later. Maybe it plants a seed, you know, and then at the right time when they're ready, they can reach out and know that the world will not crumble. The uh, their rage will not blow buildings down and that we we know what to do. So if you come to us, which is Palm Beach County Victim Services and Certified Rape Crisis Center, we're here to help. We have therapy groups. We do individual. The services, again, are free. And mm-hmm. I just you know, want to keep letting people know, I know this is you know back from the break. So, again, I'm going to give out our hotline number. It's 561-833-7273 and it's a 24-7 hotline, and so if anything has happened to you like that, you call up, and they'll help you whether uh, you're trying to reach a victim advocate or you want to get some therapy or anything like that. You can just call us, and we'll work with you. Can I ask one last question before I go?
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
4: How many of your victims, and I know you can't name names, but how many, do you guys see, I won't say how many, I will ask this question. Do you guys see a lot of men come through that have issues with or been victim of domestic violence?
6: There are male survivors of domestic violence. You're right. Good point. That's because we're talking violence. about sexual assault. But absolutely, and I know the Reverend has some people he knows too, that men that have been, you know, a victim of domestic violence. So Yes, I don't know the numbers though But I'm going to write myself a note And at some point I'll get that information back to the reverend And he may just announce it on his show When he's talking about this You know, next week mm.
1: Sounds
6: That's like a, a good plan question,
4: though. I know yeah. we talk about a lot of times That, you know, females Are victims and I can probably uh, We probably all can agree That females Are victims probably maybe well, I don't want to even throw those statistics out because you guys are expert. Y'all probably would say, no, Mike, it's a lot of documented cases of women, but undocumented cases of men <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> who, who've who been involved in domestic violence. But it's always good to know guys always can have someone to, somewhere to go to if they're not uh, uh, feeling afraid or embarrassed, so to speak. But thank you for answering that question, Al. I- I was just thinking about that when I was listening to the show. Yeah,
3: well, Mike.
6: So they're
3: definitely- I, Mike, I'm not sure if you was on when Sharon was given the statistic about the number of men uh, that will be a victim of sexual assault. And I think when we start talking about sexual assault with men, it goes even deeper than just thinking about domestic violence. You know, uh, oh. you know, you know, when we think of domestic violence and men being a victim, you know, one on one in nine mm-hmm. will be a victim in their lifetime. You know, we we hear that. And we have all kind of images of what kind of man that is and what will happen. But when we hear about a man being a victim of sexual assault, that seems to be yeah. even more unbelievable.
6: Yeah, right. One in six. One, one in six,
3: six. It's one, and one in six. six. One in wow. six. Absolutely. That's, yeah. That's a pretty, that's a
4: pretty, high, pretty high statistic. Absolutely. It is.
6: It is. And that just tells you how much sexual assault is going on in the world because if you're thinking one in five women, one in six men, it's, it's beyond an epidemic. I mean, it's that's why we're so busy, and that's why the whole world is catching on now to start to fight this and work together. And it takes Man. men like you, Mike, to be listening and talking and the reverend and have men involved because it's not going to work. It's just, you know, it's got to be a, all of us together working together. And, not just and that was going to bring but... I'm sorry, Gail mm-hmm. I'm sorry, ma'am I know, it's okay And this is Sharon, um, Sharon. I'm just yes. saying that we all work together Regardless of the different What we call silos Or the islands Or the groups Everyone needs to come together And work on this as a unified force That's all Yes, I mean. ma'am But Mike, it's good Good hearing from you Thanks for listening, listening in
4: Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jr. Uh, I'll be listening to the rest of the show. Thank you for taking my call.
3: Thanks so much, Mike. And always good. You always bring such good questions, you're always right in on it. And you're just always so welcome. <laughs> and I and I really appreciate that.
4: Yes, sir. Anytime. I I love the show. Keep doing great work. Keep bringing awareness. Man, I I, I you do such a great job. We, I'm just glad to be a part of it.
3: Thanks so much, Mike. I appreciate it. Thank you. I tell you, he's a great man. And you guys have a great night. Okay, thank you so much. And he's always on the front end of these issues and addressing things uh, that are <laughs> that are painful to our community. And, uh, I mean, Sharon, there's so much going on. I was trying to take another break. We have a board full of callers, and I just want to give those callers an opportunity. If you have a question and or comment uh, you'd like to make or ask of our guests, just call, Erico three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. And if you're already in, just hit number one, the number one on your keypad that lets our producer mm-hmm. know that you want to come on the air, and we'll let you in so that you can ask that question or make that comment. It's very crucial mm-hmm. in this time, and I, I know we should be taking a break, but I think I'm going to roll with this one here because <laughs> you know, there's so much that we didn't get a chance to get into the nuts and bolts of it, and you kind of was weaving mm-hmm. your story in, and and you know, and it's such a story of, of, of the courage and the survival and those type things. But we were we talking earlier about the Start by Believing it, by believing campaign, and we find that in so many ways that not only is it difficult for a victim to come forth for the reason that we've named, but it's also interesting society's attitude when it comes to sexual assault. And if the mm-hmm. wrong person is doing it, or a person who may be of reputation, or a person who may be of a certain status, we find it even harder to believe. It's almost like that can happen. And, you know, earlier we alluded to, uh, you know, the whole big thing about Bill Cosby. Now, here's a celebrated man who's uh, celebrated in so many ways along the line, and, and and yet it's still, for many of us, the most memorable image of him is still uh, Mr. Dr. Hustable. So right. when, when the assaults start coming forward, and, uh, and 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 the assaults are coming forth. Many people just found it unbelievable. This could not happen. Well, why are they just not doing so now? They want to bring the man down. And, and as much as I heard that, and I know that's hard. You know, especially when you're talking about people of color who who have dealt with so much oppression, who have dealt with so much of being robbed. It is very hard for us to see this reality because once again. Here is one of our heroes. Here is one of the individuals that have done great things. Once again, the image of Dr. Hussbaum is in our mind, and yet it's still. I, as an individual who is empowered and educated to understand the dynamics of sexual assault and victimization, I know that no one is exempt. It is hard to have that discussion with people because they're like saying no, and yet it's still sharing and the audience listens. I have found myself on the end, on the other end of listening to, being confided to, addressing issues that was unbelievable with people that were involved in things I would have never thought. Think about it.
6: I understand. I hear you. And so you're saying that you have had to hear and be able to listen to the perpetrators talk as well. Is that what you're saying?
3: On both ends. I've not only listened to yep. that, but I've had to come to the conclusion when there was accusation that came against people that, uh, that, that was very well-known or people who had reputations, including clergy and people of the cloth,
8: mm-hmm.
3: and some mm-hmm. of the most despicable things they had done. And right. although it was hard to GRIP, I knew from my own training, I knew from my years of this work that no one is really exempt. It was tough dealing with it, but the reality is it's the fact that I couldn't go back and tell the victim that they didn't hurt because this person was a person of authority, that they didn't experience what they experienced because this person was famous or this person here had money. I couldn't do that because I saw the hurt that they experienced. I saw the pain that they went through, and that pain mm-hmm. was unbearable, and that pain was not needed to be tried to be explained away or justified. It was one that needed to come to the forefront because in coming forth, it's not always about just I'm going to put this person away and this person will be put in jail, but as I, oftentimes it's about the point of this person finally being brought to light and hopefully to get the help that they need to deal with this issue that they have.
6: Well, that would be ideal if that would happen. And you're right. They have to be held accountable, and it does take exposing them and and being able to go through whatever the process is going to be, whatever, you know, if they're going to be taken to court. It's a very difficult thing. When I, I took my dad to court, and that was really a hard decision. Here I was down in Broward working on the child protection team, helping little kids get ready to go testify in court. And I was chicken to take my own dad to court. And then finally being in the environment that I was in and the encouragement and support from my colleagues and also by the, uh, you know, my own family ostracizing me at the time, which I'll just add a little excerpt here that I actually am very close to my family now and we are, the bond will never be broken. I'm I'm very blessed. And, uh, but at that time, and th- as you see, things can change. The family dynamic can change. I, I had been shunned because I wouldn't stop talking about the incest. And so I just got mad enough and thought, If they're going to treat me like a stranger, then I'm going to treat him like a stranger. And this is my father I'm talking about. And I did take him to court. It was a powerful experience, powerful in so many ways. And I am glad that I did it because it put the blame where it belonged. My whole world axis shifted right into place, and I felt like things became so much clearer. And I understood then he really was the one that was accountable and having the support of the state attorney's office and the police and, you know, the whole my victim services team. I had a victim advocate. It was an astounding experience that changed my life for the better and, and just skyrocketed my healing. Even though he walked on a technicality, it was worth every ounce of energy it took to do it because like you said and we all just said about believing, it was that sense of my whole community believing me, and that, that counted for everything.
3: You know, Sharon, that brings us to a very important thing because you know, people in every walk of life, you never know when you're going to be put in a position to listen to someone that is actually suffering or going through something, something that they that may never have confided in anyone about. But this mm-hmm. time, you end up being the individual. We have to be ready, and we have to understand how valuable it is to be a listening source, to be a sounding board, to be uh, a person that is there to believe them and to give them an the opportunity to share.
6: I agree. And I, um, speaking of listening, I want to just remind people that we provide free therapy to Palm Beach County residents. And I do want to give out that number to call. So if you have pens ready, please write down the number to call for therapy if you've experienced uh, not just rape, but not just, but anything recent or whether it's been in the past. And unless you've had therapy for this, there's, there's something in there that needs to be addressed. Nobody just steps out of that and walks away. It is a haunting experience that finds its way to, you know, just stay with you until you can really look at it safely, gently, with a therapist. And so here's the number to our therapy department. You want to call 561-355-2418, extension 3. I'll just say that again real quick, three five six one three five five. 355 Two four one eight extension 3. And Randy Cogan is our lead therapist. So like I said, it's something that haunts you like a monster and you got to turn around and face it, but not till you're ready and not with the right support. So we're there to support you. So please give us a call if you need us.
3: Well, I think that's been very good information shared tonight uh, is uh, in its very very uh, important that you know that we get it, and that as individuals that we understand the value of this information. And I greatly appreciate uh, you know everything that you've shared tonight. And I just want to uh, remind those that are listening: if you have a question or comment, with about uh, twelve minutes, or with about actually about stuff in our program tonight, Erico three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. That is how you reach us. Uh, if you have a question and or comment, hit number one on your keypad. And that will allow our producer uh, to know that you want to get on the air, and we'll get you on the air tonight. Uh, you're on the air with uh, Jr. Thicklin, the Hope and Healing, the host, and our very special guest, Ms. Sharon Doherty Domenico, and she's uh, shared a wealth of information with us tonight. And Sharon, I'm going to turn it back over to you. Uh, it's okay, of I know thing that you started, <laughs> and uh, but go right ahead.
6: Well, I wanted to make sure that people know more about who we are because. We have about 35 victim advocates that work 24-7, and they do respond to all uh, types of violent crime. And so that would be someone who has been sexually assaulted, or if they, it could be domestic violence, could be stalking, could be general crime, or homicide. So they will even go with the police to the door for death notification. That's the quality and the caliber of the people that I work with. They are, they are truly strong, strong spirits, and they know their jobs. So the thing is, if something happens, say two in the morning, sometimes we will get three calls within one hour, and we have people on call. Then we have backup, and then there's even somebody behind that. So. No one goes without a victim advocate, and let's say they're taken and they decide they want a rape exam, and they go to the butterfly house. Instead of having to go to an emergency room, which is not the ideal setting, there's no privacy, it's just not the setting you know, that someone would, not the best setting. So we take you to, we meet you at the butterfly house, which is over at Wellington Regional Medical Center, but it's a private room. And it's set up for interviews, which can be taped if the victim chooses. They can go ahead and have the exam there. And then they also can take a shower. And if the clothes are collected, we will give them clothes to take with them. And that's where, you know, it takes a while, too. So people need to be prepared. And there are certain things to do if someone's been sexually assaulted. Remember, you know, don't change your clothes. Don't take a shower. Don't brush your teeth. Don't drink. Uh, swallow, uh, you know, like don't eat or anything. So there's just things to do and we're the ones to call if something like that happens. So one last time I'm going to give out the hotline, 561- 833-7273 and that will put you through to our specially trained um, staff there to help you with any of those kinds of situations.
3: You know, uh, I thought that information was so vital because as you shared that, Sharon, you know, um, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't understand how things like Butterfly House came to pass and, you know, and, and why all of these special uh, live units and things. And, and all of this have come to pass, if you would, as a result of really study after years of victimization and people have gone through things and people being able to talk about what is it that they, what is it that they need? What is it that impacted them? What was missing? What was lacking? And as a result, right. these things come to pass. And so when you expanded upon Butterfly House, you know, which is, you know, something that is that, that in Palm Beach County we're, we're very proud of, you know, you brought up something that was very important, things that people don't think about. You know, the emotional, the mental shame and the traumatization, everything happening seemingly so quickly for a victim. Right. And to have to go through all of these things, you know, uh, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, to not be in our emergency room thing is really a godsend, you know, a sense of right. dignity you're trying to keep and restore and uh, right. and putting them in a position where they don't have to feel like a specimen. Right. You know, and, you know, and that's very important. I thought that was very important there. And also to another point that, that you brought up. You know, earlier, you start talking about specially trained nurses, the sane nurses, and sexual assault nurse examiners. And I'll never forget the mm-hmm. first time I ever heard that term. It was just too funny. You know, and you said, well, mm-hmm. these are the sane nurses. And I said, like, well, what does that mean? The others are insane? But, you know, uh, you know, in terms of that, but, mm-hmm. but, you know, specially trained to be able right. to deal with this, because this, these are very delicate matters. These are matters right. that... And-
6: the changes well, support is the crime. Yes, 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 and the crime has been committed. So you want the best person to collect that evidence because that is how we're going to put the perpetrator where he belongs. Or you know, I'm just using the he, but yes, and like I said, we our team of same nurses is on 24 seven, and as you know, this last month and for the months pre- preceding. All rape exams have been administered by same nurses, our specially trained, you know, team. And by the way, our victim advocates are the ones that carry the rape kits. So we're ahead of the curve on that one, too. So we really do have, as I've said before, this amazing team there to serve, and we are a net ready to catch anyone who regretfully would fall into it, but if there is a rape and it happens to someone you know or you, that anyone out there listening, we here in Palm Beach County are ready to help you and serve you, and we come from a victim-centered stance, which means you're the priority, you're the boss. Even though you may not feel like it at the moment, we are there to get you back to where you want to be, and we're going to get you through this, and that's what we're here for.
3: Well, that's a powerful thing there, and I, I know I, I've been given a message that we've been extended time if we need it, um, and everything. But I do want you to, I, I do want you to kind of uh, go a little bit uh, into this part here, uh, Sharon. It's the fact that even on, you know, part of our SART team is that we have, a course, we have advocates that are on campus, college campuses, mm-hmm. and those different mm-hmm. things, and. You know the amount of sexual assault that may take place on college campus, especially going unreported. Uh, things that people do to justify uh, to justify uh, sexual assault. You know uh, the old the older mm-hmm. campaign, which I think never goes out of style, used to say "no means no." Right, and, and yet it still uh, people have found a way to say "no means maybe," a uh, "no" just simply means not this time. Uh, no hmm. means not this moment. How how many, how do you address that for for those that when you understand that even on college campuses we see people all the time go to parties uh, and and uh, and find the uh, And how would you address that? And how important to get this information? And let me follow up that question by you back out of my access. I I can recall many years ago, and perhaps you remember the movie that came out. I think it was. Uh, Sorry, Jody. Uh, What's his name? Sexual assault in a way that was, uh, that really brought it home. It, it had all the elements of a of not only a small town, but a you know, but a but a you know, upscale family uh, mm-hmm. and all those things there. And this lady that was sexual assault, and no one wanted to believe her. It was her right. against the world. In this case, her against right. the time. And it was quite a movie It brought me to the understanding, and this was many, many years ago, of how alone sometimes victims find themselves, whether you're on college campus or a high school campus or whatever. The shame, the embarrassment that goes along with it, uh, you know, people looking at you, uh, making comments, you know, passing judgment is very, very common. And I want you to just kind of go into the fact, in what ways do, uh, you know, victim services, through all the different things that you said, help to eliminate those types of things, or things
6: well, we that a victim Yeah, what we've done, is we've done a reach out to all of the campuses here in Palm Beach County, and we have held three large uh, full-day conferences over the last year and a half. We've had over 100 in attendance each time, so it's like around 300 overall, where we even have had, uh, you know, the state attorney address our last one, and we had the Clery Act Center uh, staff come down to do a national training. And what this means is that we are beginning to develop the SART team even wider to include the campuses, We go on to the campuses and participate in their events for Take Back the Night or any of their other events to show awareness on this subject. We provide survivor speakers, and we involve them in our SART meetings and on our committees as well. So we are developing memorandums of understanding with the campuses on what things they can do, what we can do, how we can you know, train the staff and they can train ours as well on what their needs are. In fact, I'm going out to Kaiser University uh, Thursday night with uh, Susan Carlini and uh, our same nurse coordinator, Sherry Brighton-Susino, is also going to be going to train Absolutely. out there. And so we're doing a lot of outreach with the campuses, yes, Uh it's important to get the information out because those freshmen going in are quite vulnerable and they're the ones getting targeted and uh, people need to know it's, it's a very serious issue. So if you see a campus reporting zero, that's actually not a good thing. <laughs> what you want is for them to be reporting realistically what is going on in their campus, in their Clear Act crime report. So, you know, when you do your research, They have a Title IX uh, officer on every campus. You can always call there if you're a parent and your kids are going off to college. I'd say you really get to know the campus. And arm your teenager with information and knowledge on how to behave, and not that it's on them, but to be aware of situations where they might be getting set up. And uh, don't drink from that red Solo cup. I'm telling you, they, they target people. They'll bring you a drink that's prepared to, you know, with a roofie in it. And it's like a, it's a horrible, dangerous, sadistic system uh, they have on some of these campuses where, you know, groups of boys are getting together and they have full intention of raping girls and uh, it has to be shut down. And so now the whole nation is shining a light on it all the way from the White House, Obama, Obama, and Biden did a big announcement and launched a campaign called "It's on us," meaning everybody's got to get responsible. Right. And they're gonna, they're gonna fine these colleges if the uh, the rape reports are not handled properly and thoroughly in conjunction with law enforcement. If you know that that's what the victim would like for law enforcement to be called in. So I I do have a lot to say about you know, campus and awareness and that kind of thing. And I just, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a good point to bring that in. Thank you, Reverend.
3: Well, one thing I will say is this, Sharon, you know, I, I've had an opportunity to go to college campus and uh, do some training with some resident assistants there. And, you know, uh, when you talk about going off to college, I call it the world of possibilities and time make the leap. So you got yeah. possibilities make leaves intersecting. And so, you know, there are many young people that are away for the first time on their own. Many of them that have been sheltered. Uh, many of them uh, who feel like, man, nah, I finally get from up under my mom or my dad's thumb and don't understand that and right. go under it, oftentimes they run right into danger. They run into, you know, that, that thirst for wanting to be so free lands them almost right. on, you know unawarely in situations there. You know, the guy... Uh, the girl who wants to go binge drinking because she never was, she was always uh, kind of sheltered and, and puts herself yep. in, 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 you know, in a party or something and only to be taken advantage of by someone who basically this was their intent all along to get them to exactly. be a and uh, and to do this. And so it's important. It's very important to understand these things happen. They happen on every level. And so, you know, as, even as we uh, recap tonight, you know, we Talked a little bit about sexual assault and incest. We've talked about you know uh, uh, you know basically you know acquaintance rape. We've talked about uh, you know uh, strange rape. We've talked about it, about it all, and yet it's still there's so much room for us to improve our visibility,
7: to improve mm-hmm. uh, our,
3: our you know our, our reachability into the lives of so many, because there are those that are actually being raped and been assaulted and don't have a name for it. They don't see it. They don't know it. Um, you know, uh, one of the things uh, I also would say to guys, uh, you know, uh, that uh, just because the person said yes one time doesn't mean that it's a lifelong permission slip, <laughs> you know. You know uh, and,
6: no, yes, mean- and I'm uh, sorry to interrupt you, but, yes, that and how about even in that time they're together that one time she's allowed to say no she or he can say no at any point and that was something some of the um i was talking to some 12th graders the other day and they were like oh no no once you're you know once you're naked that's it it's over you know the girl has said yes and i said no absolutely not this whole thing could be stopped and the woman or the man has the right to say no at any point. So you're right. Whether they've had a relationship before or whether it's right in the middle of things, they can stop it. If they get uncomfortable or don't like something. So they a person's rights. Never stops.
3: Absolutely. You know, Sharon, I, I know we've gone a little bit over the time, but I want to get this point in because I, it's important. And earlier we talked about the fact of men being assaulted and, and uh, we talked about guy and girl and all those things there, but let's bring up something that I think is very, very important in today's society, because we have a lot, both in domestic and sexual violence, a lot of same sex, uh, sexual same sex uh, sexual assault as we have same sex domestic violence, and I would like to kind right. of you know shed some light on that because the fact those are high numbers that they're now being reported where we're seeing. Uh, the number of same-sex relationship violence and uh, sexual assault.
6: Yes, right. People, it it happens with any group, any situation. Yes, it is happening with same sex, and one of the things that I was talking when I was presenting at the LGBTQ group, it was really brought out how, especially with transgender they were feeling like they're not being believed or heard or understood just because of that because they're saying well who was the aggressor it's hard to you know the sometimes the police were saying that but i must really compliment our police departments that we're working with in Palm Beach Sheriff's office they really are progressive and way ahead of their time But, yes, that is an issue that we need to keep shining the light on. Thank you for bringing that up.
3: Well, absolutely, because the fact, you know, especially, and it goes back to what we are saying earlier, you know, in a society that's becoming more of an open society, I guess that's the term I would use, the fact of what may have been traditionally seen as being uh, sexual assault or what we thought as being Predominantly, the sexual assault that's happening, we, we're seeing we're seeing so many things that are coming up that is, uh, uh, if for lack of a better term, untraditional. I think people still find it very strange to think that there is a sexual assault with men, and men are sexual assaulting even one another. And I think uh, well. people find it very strange to think that even a woman could sexual assault a man, and so. These are things that we don't often see played out in the media or mainstream, but yet it's still, the numbers bear witness that this is a serious issue.
6: Yes, it is. It is. And it's coming to light because, you know, as we all begin to keep shining a greater spotlight on these issues, more and more is going to come out. There's a lot of things that haven't even been touched on yet that, Still need to be brought to the light, so I appreciate you doing that with your radio show, and I really appreciate you having me on tonight, Reverend. Thank you from, you know, myself, but also from Victim Services and Certified Rape Crisis Center. We appreciate your time and you taking all the effort to put this show on and also be a part of our SART and do all the work that you do. I, I just want to thank you very much.
3: Well, it's an honor, it's a privilege to do this work, and I think there's so many that are out there that are passionate about this work. Uh, you know, I have friends that are out there, I have colleagues that are out there that understand how this work impacts all of our lives, and uh, it is just good and it's refreshing to know that there are individuals who minds are open to uh, the situation, they're knowledgeable enough to also raise that awareness and reach out to those, and I like to say reach out to even the least of these, and I think that's very critical in this time, and so you know Sharon i I, I thank you so very much uh, as 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 you, as you get ready to leave, please give those numbers again, both to the hotline and as well as the other numbers.
6: All right, the number for our hotline would be five six one eight three three seven two seven three, and then the number for therapy, and you can call that during the day would be. Five six one three five five two four one eight 561-355-2418, extension 3. And this is whether it's been uh, domestic violence, sexual assault, any of that. You can call and find out what kinds of help and, you know, services that we can give you. So please give us a call. We're here to support you, whether it's happened in the past or, you know, it just depends on who you would get an exam If it's within five days, you can still get a forensic exam, but you can still get all our other services. So, you know, please, again, give us a call.
3: Well, such great information. I'm so glad to have had you on. Finally, we understand why all the holdup was, because there was such great information that you had to share with us all, and I'm so glad that we got a chance to do so. Uh, And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, there's so much we want to continue to share, and I know that we'll have you on again soon. And uh, hopefully even other members of the services and the SART team and different ones that are out there that is doing the work. And I uh, often have yeah. our dear friends. They're always on. I, I have I have a dear friend that's out there, um, uh, uh, Michael Blow, and he always brings so much to our discussion. And not, He's listening even in on night. Uh, he's enjoying the show, everything. And uh, he just brings a wealth of knowledge and compassion to this situation. And once again, one of the individuals that continue to urge us as individuals to, uh, to understand the value of our input and the value of our, us being uh, educated about these type things. And it, it's just crucial in today's society. Yep. It's crucial because, uh, you know, I often say, though the abuse may have stopped, doesn't mean that it doesn't, you know, that it doesn't continue to uh, uh, pain us and to uh, impact us. So uh, once again, thank you so much for tonight. You've been an awesome and, uh And just to say uh, on behalf of Hope uh, uh, Healing, uh, A Journey to Wholeness, and the Soul of America Radio family, a hey, thank you for being with us and sharing such a wealth of knowledge. And uh, we look forward to you being back on with us again. Continue to make a difference uh, because that difference is being made in the lives of so many. So I want to have a great one. And on behalf of everyone here, we say, listen, you have shared a wealth of information. I, I hope ND is probably posted some of this on our, our different Facebook pages so that we could get it out to the public at large. And uh, we look forward to it. And for all of you that are listening, right. any of these broadcasts, they're in podcast, so you can always uh, go back and uh, listen to them and uh, with others. So let's give a great uh, uh, Soul of America radio thank you, hand clap for our guest tonight. <laughs> thank you so very much, Sharon. Thank you, and so
6: much a too.
3: Thank you for being with us.
6: All righty. I'll uh, see you soon. Uh, bye bye. Bye, everyone. Okay.
3: All righty. Well, what a night tonight we've had on our show uh, tonight. Uh, Ms. Sharon Dorothy Domenico, who is the Sexual Assault Outreach Coordinator for uh, Palm Beach County Victim Services, and she has been a real um, intricate part of making that work inside of reaching out to victims and making sure education is there and helping with policies and giving voice to those that are without a voice. And that's important, especially when it comes to victims of any sort. But I've, I've seen men struggle in coming forth to admit that they've been victims, and it's tough. So it's going to take many of us standing in the gap and making sure that this happens and supporting one another. Listen, we went over tonight, and I'm glad that we did. A very powerful show. Uh, and before we sign off, we want to give anyone an opportunity that may be listening if you want to call on. Uh, just to know that uh, you can reach us, Erica, 323 784 You can reach us before we sign off here tonight and uh, share your questions or comments. And we're always glad to have you. So I want you to just know that uh, we're going to get through this. And we get through it because of the fact we are willing to sound the alarm, have a conversation, and begin to also, if you would, share with others, listen, we can get through this better than what uh, people said that we are, and we can absolutely make a difference in our world that we live in today. And so until next time, this is J.R. Fickland. And I'm bidding you a good night. And remember, there is no excuse for domestic violence. Those of you that are listening and follow me here on a, um, on the Solar America Radio Network, I encourage you to catch uh, Mike, still Real Talk with Mike, uh, uh, still on tomorrow night on Real Talk Entertainment. You'll find him there, I believe, about 8.30 at night. You can find him right there on the Facebook page there. And I believe that you can call into that show at area code 561 281 Nine one three one. I believe that is the number that you can reach them as well. Always a uh, great subject matters that are going on. Continue to tune in here on Solo America Radio Network. There are shows that are going on on different nights, and you will be so blessed and glad that you did. Until next time, I am saying to you: Be safe, be strong, and know.
0: Tonight,
1: I'm the new
0: Bachelorette. Cho casts her spell on 26 new men. I look at you and I'm like, wow. I just met the girl I'm gonna marry. In a new fairy tale season. I'm
1: just happy.
0: But will dark forces, the former Bachelorette, destroy her happy ending? I was in love
1: with it. I was going my life with <laughs> it. Why is
0: this happening? The Bachelorette season premiere tonight at a special time, 9 8 central on ABC.
5: Adding the choice of a crispy chicken BLT to Wendy's 4 for 4 is the biggest thing since rappers trying to sing.
9: I got me out and I sound like a robot.
5: But do you like the sound of this? Wendy's 4 for 4 now comes with a choice of a junior bacon cheeseburger or a crispy chicken BLT.
0: From Detroit to Macon, I keep it crisp like bacon.
5: Both are topped with crispy applewood smoked bacon and come with four nuggets, fries, and a Coke for just four bucks.
0: Oh, yeah.
5: At participating Wendy's for a limited time, meal includes small fries and a drink. Not valid in Alaska and Hawaii.